I'm Taylor Stafford, and this is Talk Taboo. Yeah! Come on over! We ask a lot of people if they like their ass or tush. <laughs> we really are breaking down stigmas. <laughs> it's everything sex. Hello, welcome to Talk Taboo. I am your host, Taylor Stafford. We are breaking down all the sexual stigmas today. I am so excited for this episode. It it is one that is definitely breaking down stigmas that is normal in my family, but probably very different in others. Um, But before we get to that, let's look at housekeeping thing, my bobs. Guys, this is going to be my last episode in my current house and in my current studio. I am moving and I'm so excited. Um, I'm living on the outskirts of Seattle right now, but I'm moving into Seattle. So I will be so much closer to work, so much closer to my friends. My Ubers when I'm fucked up will be way less expensive. And I'm living with three super awesome girls and we're going to have so much fun. And I actually have a little podcasting studio there in my new house that I'm so excited for. It is so much smaller than this one, but it is carpeted. And I'm thinking that all of these echo issues that I've had in this current one that I'm in will be resolved in the other one. I've tried so hard to take out the echo in this room for with all the techniques and it still is a little echoey. So I'm hoping with the new studio that it's smaller and there's carpet so there's more sound absorption and with like the pads that I put on the wall and stuff that the audio will be better. So I'm super excited about that. I, I got home from my vacation with my family about a week ago and holy shit, I am seriously feeling so good. Before quarantine, I would go on a trip at least once a month. I was going out of the country at least, gosh, every three months, if not more often. Traveling is my ultimate self-care. It allowed me to regroup myself, just put down work and come back with a new mindset, with a new energy. And I didn't think that my condo would really do that for me this time, but I put down work for over a week, which is crazy and really, really hard for me. The first few days that I do that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be so behind. And I start freaking out, but I put it down for the entire week and I am feeling so much better. I feel so much more energetic. My brain feels more clear and I'm just really stoked about it. Um, I had just really run run myself down. I think quarantine is hitting everyone in such different and weird ways, whether that be you go through positive times and then negative, or gosh, you see it, you're staying negative or you're staying positive. It's, it's been really a challenge to figure out what this new life is and change is really hard. Um, but I, yeah, I just really wore myself down with work. I was, seriously protesting so much. I was pretty much there almost every single day, whether that be a full, like I was there for four hours or I was there for eight hours. 
I was always down in Seattle protesting. I mean, I would even go to 12 hour shifts at the hospital on my psych unit and then go straight to the protest and getting no sleep. And then I was also podcasting and doing women against taboo stuff. And it was just a lot. And I tend to do this and I tend to really run myself down, but I am back. I went to my first protest again yesterday. Things are getting crazy again in Seattle. We're also standing with Portland with all the shit that they're going through. It is such a hard time, but I'm really trying to focus on my self-care. And that means probably go to protest less, but I'm still going to do my best to be active and give money to Black Lives organizations and help support Black-owned businesses. So I'm excited about that. I am not excited that I can't go as often, but I still will be going and protesting. I just am realizing that I really got to focus on my self-care because if not, I'm just going to tank and I'm not going to be able to help anybody. Um, and that is definitely something that's very, very hard for me. I understand it, but it's very, very hard for me to do. But on a different note, holy shit, my sex drive is out of control, people. And I don't know if this is quarantine or if it, uh, it's probably, probably a, a mixture of things. But one of the things that I changed, which I'm finally flattening out on, is the anti the SSRI, the anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication that I was on, it's Lexapro. You're really supposed to prescribe like well, 10 to 20 milligrams. And I was taking 30. I saw a new psychiatrist because my sex drive was tanking. I like didn't want to masturbate. I like never even thought about it. It was just like work. It was a, like ugh. every time I thought about it or even like having sex with guys, it was just kind of like, eh. I'm just like so not into anything sex and just had like the worst sex drive. So I went to see a different psychiatrist and she's fucking awesome. And she was like, you're taking 30 milligrams of Lexapro. That is way too much. SSRIs for people that don't know, tank your sex drive anyways. I mean, everyone's different. So some people don't get that like adverse reaction to it, but holy shit, I get it pretty badly. So she basically told me you're taking way too much of this. No wonder why you don't have a sex drive. Um, if any, if this is happening to any of you guys where you are on an SSRI or any kind of depression medication, anxiety medication, go see your doc and be like, Hey, my sex drive blows and I hate it. Some people don't care if they don't have a sex drive, then great. Keep living your life. But for me, I was like, I hate this. I feel like not in tune with my own body and myself and whatever. So she changed that medication for me. Um, another thing, so commonly if you're taking an SSRI and you have a lower sex drive, they can usually prescribe you Wellbutrin, which is a different kind of class of medication that works with anti-anxiety and um, anti-depression, but it is known for not taking the sex drive as much. So a lot of people will take their SSRI with Wellbutrin, but I can't take Wellbutrin because I have um, like a contraindication with my own body. So I can't take that. So I got put on a different anti-anxiety medication, lowered my SSRI, and I am feeling so much better. It took a while for it to actually kick in because your blood levels really have to like even out. So I, yeah, I changed that about a month ago and I'm finally starting to feel it. I also think that everything is not just one thing. I, it's about when the time that this was going to start working was about the time that I got 
my trip in and just regrouped everything. So it's probably just a cluster of things that have changed, but I am so thankful. And now I have the fucking opposite problem. I am horny all the goddamn time. I mean, be careful what you wish for because this is exactly what my plan was, was to get that Taylor Stafford sex drive back. But holy fuck, when you're not in a relationship with someone that you are can constantly have sex with or can constantly hit up for booty calls, it's, it's rough. And I think it's a combination with quarantine of like, holy shit, I'm over masturbating. I have enough, enough oxytocin to myself. <laughs> I am attached and bonded to myself. I am over masturbating. It's been so long. And uh, I think like a lot of people, my sex life has been um, uh, few and far between. And I, I seriously think that in 2020, I have had the least amount of sex since, gosh, I was like 15 years old and just started having sex. <clears throat> well, because everyone's, some people are like, uh, quarantine. I don't want to date. Not very many people are dating anyways. You're not interacting with people as much. So I'm not like picking up some bitches at the bars. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think it's a combination of everything, but people are just not having sex as much right now, unless you're in a relationship. And I've even heard from people that are in relationships that with quarantine, people are so sick of each other that they're like, I don't want to fuck you either. Then they're just like, I just want to fuck myself. <laughs> Leave me alone. So sex lives are just all over the board. They're weird right now. I literally texted one of my best friends yesterday and I was like, why do I have a bigger sex drive than all the guys that I date? I don't understand. There's definitely been times where I go through, like when I go through a big slump and I'm like either depressed or super anxious, then I don't want sex at all. Some people are the complete opposite. They use sex to cope. But for me, it's like a I love sex when I'm feeling good and I hate it when I'm feeling bad. And so I've not been like feeling bad this year, but kind of like I've just been like a uh, slump kind of thing. And so I haven't really wanted it that much also with my medication and stuff. Um, but now that I'm feeling so much better, I'm like, holy shit, where are the dicks? Um, actually, <laughs> I was talking to my friend Leah about this yesterday. We went boating and she was saying that she just found this new incredible vibrator. So I haven't tried it yet, so I'm not gonna tell you which vibrator it is just yet, but I freaking am ordering one today. She was, okay, so this is how she explained it. So you know how vibrators usually just like vibrate and they have different speeds and all the things? But this vibrator that she found, I don't know if it vibrates also, but she's called it a vibrator, so it must, but it like sucks. So, <laughs> It like, she said it literally feels like someone is eating you out. It's like a whole new realm of masturbating and sex toys. And I've heard of these before, but I've never actually, I, I've never tried one. And I don't know if I, I just kind of felt like they were not gonna be very effective because I was like, that's really hard to mimic but maybe I sold them short because I heard that this is an amazing vibrator. So I'm gonna order one, I am gonna use it, and then I will let you know if 
it's a good investment. And I've also been thinking about giving away more vibrators lately. Just to kind of change it up because of quarantine. I gave away a couple vibrators a couple months ago. But you know what? If I like it, maybe I'll give one out to someone and we'll, we'll figure something out. But stay tuned on that. Uh, okay, next uh, thing on that sticky note. Can I just say how fucking hot it is when guys just ask you what you want, they communicate their needs and get shit fucking done. We talked about this a little bit with Eric last week about how this whole new woman empowerment movement of you're not allowed to catcall us, you're not allowed to sexually assault us, you're not allowed to sexually harass us has really put in a damper on your guys' game of picking up girls. And I said, that is fucking bullshit. You've never known how to pick up girls correctly. You used to just be really fucking aggressive and disrespectful about it. And now you're just timid as fuck about it and you still don't know how to pick up girls. I swear that guys don't understand or are not taught <laughs> the, how there can be a balance of assertiveness and confidence and directness, but also being respectful and reading a room. We need a lot of tips on this lately. <laughs> there was a performance that I enjoyed and I just thought I would share it with all of you. I, so I used to fuck this guy when I first moved to Washington. And we, I don't know, we had sex for like a couple months. I can't really remember. It was like a year and a half ago, something like that. Um, it didn't work out. We stopped talking. We were on good terms, whatever. We were just friends would message each other on like, reply to each other's like Instagram stories or whatever. And then um, we were randomly in the same place at the same time last weekend. All of his friends were hanging out at his house and invited me over to just like hang out for a little bit and drink margarita, like whatever. We had been like talking a little bit. We had like hung out like the day before with like a group of people. And so now we were like at this house or his house, I guess. And then we we're just like sitting in the kitchen. I wasn't even thinking that we were gonna fuck, honestly. I wasn't. I kind of wanted to, like I had thought about it the night before, but I didn't think it was going to happen like this day because all of his friends were over and I just thought that we were all hanging out as like a group. But anyways, we were in the kitchen and he's just like, so this might be too forward, but are you trying to fuck? And I was kind of caught off guard a little because I wasn't expecting it. And I think I said like, maybe or kinda or something and then I think my brain was like catching up with what he had just said I'm like things are rolling up here things are rolling and then I was like yes yes I do want to fuck and uh we fucked <laughs> and it was so refreshing because usually I'm the aggressor Usually I'm just like, I am not waiting for these bullshit ass boys to get their fucking communication in order. I usually go up to people and are like the first one to talk to them, the first one to hit on them, all the things. I fucking land my own dick 90% of the time. But it was so nice to just not have to be there and like do these uncomfortable thoughts like, 
are we going to fuck? Are we not going to fuck? Does he want to fuck? Does he not? Does he just want to make out? Does he want to do other things? Does he just want to hang out with his friends and drink as a group? Does he not? Like, and I'm sure he's thinking the same thing about me. He probably is like, what is she thinking? So instead of just fucking us wasting so much goddamn time and energy worried about what the other person wants or thinks, he just fucking put it out there and we got down to business a lot faster and I just really appreciate that. I think that more and more times there's so everyone's thinking the same goddamn thing but no one is saying it. No one wants to be the most vulnerable one. No one wants to put themselves out there first. No one wants to get rejected. I totally feel that. No one wants to get rejected but God if you don't put it out there, then you are going to miss opportunities over and over again. I think that if we put ourselves out there more, the more you're going to get rejected, right? You will. Like if you shoot 10 shots, you're going to get more rejections than if you shoot zero. Like, yes, you're going to get rejected more. But because we're not putting ourselves out there and because we're not really used to that rejection and we don't know how to process the rejection, it's causing us to not even put ourselves out there at all. But if you start shooting shots, yeah, the first couple rejections are gonna fucking blow probably. You're gonna feel like shit. You're gonna be like, ugh, I'm ugly, no one likes me, blah, 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 negative thoughts coming through your head. But like, remember that everyone is not for everyone. And Eric made a really good point last week when he said, you have no idea what people are into. Everyone is into so much different shit and you can assume that people are into things but you do not know until you try that person you might be exactly that person's type or maybe that person wants someone that's super opposite than you okay great then it's not meant to be you're looking for different things totally fine I am realizing so much more and more lately that I am not everyone's cup of tea I am into weird shit. I talk about sex all the time. I have a really fucking intense job. I'm obnoxious as shit. I'm forward as shit. I'm probably never gonna stop going to school. I'm probably gonna make more money than you. <laughs> I speak my own goddamn voice and you can't tame me. I, and I expect you to eat me out. I expect you to finger me and I expect you to work with me to give me an orgasm. I get it. I'm not everyone's goddamn cup of tea. People don't not everyone wants someone that's this fucking obnoxious. I totally understand. But someone out there will. And someone will be willing to put in the work. So, shit. If they're not into you, then fuck them. On to the next. You'll find someone that puts up with your bullshit-ass quirks and all your flaws. And we might as well just go for what you want. Be able to use your words. And if rejection comes, then great. You move on. You learn. You're not a bad person if you get rejected. You're not an ugly person. You're not unworthy. You're just not what that person wants. And that's okay. So yeah, that was that was my little story. Um, keep sending me your anonymous questions. I've actually gotten a lot lately that are really good. Uh, I might just make a, like a little Q&A podcast or maybe I'll just answer one an episode. I don't know. We'll figure it out but there's been a lot of really good questions so you can ask them at www.womenagainsttaboo.org you can email us directly at womanagainsttaboo at yahoo.com 
or you can go on Instagram at woman.against.taboo or on my personal Instagram at I am Taylor Stafford to get those questions answered. Today's episode, you guys, it is the one, the only mama staff talking about how she talked to us about sex, when she did it, some of my brothers and I sexual experiences in high school that she had to fucking deal with. <laughs> Her audio on this podcast is also not great because she was not talking to the microphone. Way to go, mom. <laughs> so it's a little echoey, especially with this room too, but we got the job done. So please give it up for mama staff. Talk taboo. Thank you. Are you very, very excited? Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh gosh, more like nervous. Not me. I'm never nervous. I know. Well, everyone gets nervous when they come on the pod for the first time because they think it's going to be some crazy thing, but it is not. So let's talk about fucking. Excuse me. <laughs> Okay, mom. Remember, you're talking to your mother. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, Mom. So, well, some people submitted some questions, but um, one of the questions was, uh, which we were going to talk about anyways, but when was the first time you talked to me and Colin about sex? I don't even remember because it's just something we've always talked about. Um, maybe not sex in particular, but... Texicos? Texicos. <laughs> Colin was little. He wanted to know what was in his Texicos, and I couldn't tell him, so I went and got him a book about bodies. And, we... and you showed him what was in his Texicos, Texicos and he yeah. said, these are actually called testicles. Yes, I But did. Texicos for now. Yep, and so he called them Texicos for I don't know how long. Um, my favorite story of Colin <laughs> is... You and him were sitting at the um, breakfast table, okay. just in your underwear. Oh, wait, this is my favorite story. And he must—he was talking, so he must have been two and a half, so that meant you were four. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he says, Tay, look, my penis. It's trying to get out of my underwear. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had a little bony? He had a little bony. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that shows you how long we've been talking about penises and vaginas and all that stuff in our household. Um, so at two and a half, Colin was like, my penis already has a mind of its own. <laughs> he didn't realize that, but yes, it did. Because <laughs> it was trying to get out of his little pants. Yep, it was. So he knew what a penis was then yes. at that age. Yes. And he was allowed to say it and it wasn't yes. a bad word. No, Oops, not at all. Thing. Oh my gosh, one. And then what age was it when you got us that book? Because I don't even remember that. I, it, I got the book right after that. Um, after the text, or the... Ask, after he asked about what was in his Texacos, because I couldn't answer. 
Um, so I went and found a body book and brought it home and we went through it. And I probably still have it somewhere. I kept a couple of your books. So, yeah. And I had a hard time finding a book. Like a body book? Like a body book that had pictures that showed what was inside of your body and stuff. I had a hard time. I remember having, this is way back in the old days. I was going to say this was like 1998 or whatever. (laughs) Um, And I remember having to go to a couple different stores before I could find, you know, something really simple that we could just go through and and show what all of our body parts were. Like there was no like penis or vagina or any body at all? No, it was just it was just hard to find a book that I thought that you guys could relate to being so young. Oh, oh, oh. Um, you know that yeah, that yeah, showed there wasn't like a little kid version. No, there wasn't a little kid version of this is what's in in your body. Um, uh-huh. So like at work now we have this little like these little videos that it says how the body works. Yeah, we didn't have these little <laughs> videos way back. But then. it doesn't really have reproductive. Yeah. But it just it does have urinary. But it doesn't yeah. have reproductive. But it's cute because then they have this, these little guys, and then they they just go through your body. Kind of like um, the magic school bus. Yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's actually really funny. Um, hold on. I was going to look up what these other questions were. Oh. When... Cause so that was, like, body parts. But what was... What age did you tell us about sex? Like what sex was. I remember we were in our second house. Okay, so that meant we moved in there in 04. Oh, yeah. So So I was like nine. Nine, and Colin was seven. Um, But I think it was probably before that because we had Bailey, the dog, at the other house, and we took and had her bread. Oh, yeah. And so... um, Oh, yeah. I think we probably talked about it then. I can't pin. No, because she, ba- Bailey had puppies at the second house. Oh, she did have puppies at Haley the second house. Because Haley and didn't right. want to go to school. Yep, you're right. Um, so it would have been about then we started talking about it. I know I got in trouble with your brother. Um, Why? Because of the fact that we were driving someplace, and I don't know if it was cows or dogs or what it was, but somebody was making babies, and he asked me what they were doing. Like humping each other? Yes. They were mating. And, so, and he asked me what they were doing, and I told him they were making babies, and he started crying and told me. Crying? Yes. You lied to me. You told me God made babies. <laughs> I was like, well, God helps. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he knew they were mating? And then did you have to, did he say, did we ask like, where babies came from or how? I don't remember. Or were you just like, a penis goes into a vagina? I don't remember. I remember, I, this is why I remember about the second house, because I remember thinking that you were lying because I thought it was impossible that a penis could go into my little vagina. <laughs> <laughs> so I must have told you then. No, I like was thinking about it and I was like, she must mean that it touches. Oh. <laughs> she must mean that, I was like, because there's no way that that, that can go in me. Yeah. And I don't even think I knew where my like well I knew where my vagina was but I didn't think I never like put my fingers at my vagina yeah but even if I did it would have been so little tiny I would have been like nah uh-uh. uh, that's not gonna that work. doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that but then I don't really remember anything else past that yeah I don't remember actually specifically having one or two conversations you used to ask questions you know you and Colin would be in your car seats back behind me I'd be driving and you would ask a question 
and to open up a conversation about babies or sex yeah. or something like that. And then I would answer and then you would totally shut down and Colin would pipe up with, well, what about this or what about that? And I'm like, wow, where'd he come from? <laughs> you know? Was I like uncomfortable about it or was I just like got I, my answer? I to think the you got your answer and you were just processing. Ooh, which is very opposite than how we are today. Yeah. Because <laughs> now Colin asks a question, then he's silent and processes. This is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think you were just processing. Um, I don't know that you've ever really been embarrassed about it. Um, I remember I used to get so uncomfortable when Bernice and Rick would kiss. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. But me and Haley would do that to Colin. What I probably around the same time, like nine, seven, whatever years old, we would there would be like a Sports Illustrated magazine, mm-hmm. and me and Haley would open up the magazine to these girls in swimsuits and be like, "Colin, look at that! Look at that!" We were so mean, and he would be like, "What? What? Nothing." <laughs> weird stop like he would feel so uncomfortable and we tried to make him feel uncomfortable oh i find that so hard (laughs) that's so weird though why did we do that (laughs) because we just wanted to get a reaction out of him probably yeah i'm sure that was it did dad ever talk about sex or did he make any comments about it when you would talk about it um because you're super open but dad's more reserved he always thought i was giving you guys too much information (laughs) um that you were too young that i shouldn't be giving you as much information we Mm -hmm. shouldn't be talking about it and my answer always to him was that i refused to have naive children and that was your goal um Right. That was my goal. I was not going to have naive children. I think I accomplished that goal. <laughs> and then some. And look, and now he has a daughter that continues to give him too much information. Then <laughs> he's like, ew, I don't want to know about that. that. Yep. I don't need to know about that. We're yep. like, why not? Like, the man can't even talk about poop. I know. <laughs> That's true. Let alone sex or anything else. Yep. Not when it comes to his daughter. Did, did you guys ever talk to us about masturbation? Um, I don't know if we did or not. I don't remember. I want to think probably not because I remember, I don't know, years ago asking Colin when he started masturbating. Oh, really? And uh, and I forget what he told me, but that's the first conversation I think that I really had about that. But he was like that. an adult? Yeah, it was, yeah, he was at least a teenager, you know, and... Huh. Either in, I think it was probably in college. In college? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you were like, all right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> when did you smoke first smoke weed? When did you do, when did you first drink? When did you first do this? Yeah. I remember, wait, did you ever have conversations about birth control? Oh, you mean your mother who you bought both of you condoms for the whole <laughs> oh, yeah. five years or seven years? You were each, as soon as I knew either of you were sexually active, Costco had the multi pack. Yeah. <laughs> I used to send them to you for Easter. You did. You put them in our Easter baskets. Put them in your Easter baskets. Give them to you for Christmas. I'd be at Costco and I'd send texts. Do either one of you guys need condoms? <laughs> Um, Wait, did Dad ever know you did that? Oh yeah, he thought I was crazy. <laughs> uh, in fact, most people thought I was crazy. Yes, you for know. Sure. Um, but I wasn't. My idea was, you guys were going to have sex, and if I could at least supply you with condoms, that maybe you would be a little safer, mm-hmm. and 
I wouldn't become a grandmother earlier than <laughs> what I was supposed to. You're like, that's not the goal. Yeah, that's so. Um, so yeah, so I just figured until you guys could afford your own condoms, I'd buy them for you. Um, and so far, so good. I did quit buying them though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. I think I still have some. They're probably expired. I probably, probably. shouldn't use them. Yeah, probably not. So I remember the first time. When I went to the gynecology office, mm -hmm. do you remember that? That was a disaster. Dr. Z? Yes. Is that her name? Yeah. I had been having sex, which is a, such a funny concept to me now that just the whole story. And you told me to be honest with her. You were like, just be honest with her. I'm not going to be in the room. I think I was, well, that was when my period was so heavy right. that I, I was like bleeding through my tampon and a pad and like bleeding through my pants. And I was like, this is terrible. And then... I remember we went there to get birth control to like help control the bleeding. Well, and you went by yourself. No, you dropped you dropped me off. You were there, but I didn't go in with you. No, you didn't. Right. You were like in the waiting room or something. Yeah. And because you told me to go in by myself, and you said be completely honest with her, and I did. And I was like, I have one partner. Well, because she asked me if I was sexually active, and then immediately she like kind of like freaked out and like kind of freaked me out and was like. Oh, we need to do a vaginal exam. And I was like, what the fuck? What is that? And, but I had told you that we had done a pap smear. Yeah. But I don't know what she did. She just did an exam. A pap smear they do. Well, like now the you know now. and all yeah. this stuff. But, okay, because you kept telling me she didn't do a pap smear. I'm like, I don't give a shit. She made me open my legs and looked in my vagina. Yeah. I don't give a shit what she did up there, but she did something. And I remember I was mortified. I remember you were too. I felt so bad. I was like, I'm never going back to a gynecology office. And like, then you ended up working for one. I know. <laughs> I know. And I remember telling Dr. Wilhoner and Sherry and Lori like those stories. Uh-huh. And they, but the, we, they don't really do that anymore. They don't do vaginal exams if you're just sexually active. Like they only do pap smears every three years right now. Right now. Right. Yeah. But at that time I was like so young and I think it was at that time it was. Once a year. Once a year, if you're sexually active, active or if you're like 18 or 20 or something like that. Yeah. And so she was like up in there and I was just like, I was not prepared for it. And I was like, I literally felt so violated. And now I realize I probably should have just said no because she can't say anything anyways. Right. But you wanted pills. Yeah, but what? She wasn't going to give me pills? So what? Someone would have given me pills. pills. Well, I think I remember my pediatrician gave me pills and it was giving me super bad acne and the yeah. other one was like making me gain a bunch of weight. And so then we went, cause then they were like, well, you need to go to a gynecologist that are more like professional about this stuff because yeah. we don't know what else to do for you. So yeah, that was terrible. I remember, I felt so bad. You did? Yes. <laughs> I think I was crying. I was like, she made me get undressed. <laughs> what a bitch just doing her job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not well, obviously, cause I didn't feel comfortable. She's very, outspoken and very crass and very just like out there like me now yes like <laughs> you now. yeah um she doesn't have much of a filter yeah um and just gets right down to it and gets stuff done yeah. and she's yeah but when you're 15 i know it's like you gotta ease them into, I'm into it. it i totally the first agree. time Totally I think my boyfriend great. at the time hadn't even seen my vagina yet but he'd been in it <laughs> nice <laughs> Um, Remind me to um, re tell your dad not to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't think he... I know, he doesn't. I think we should have reminded him earlier <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't. Um, 
so do you want to talk about how I got the nickname Hallway in high school? Got the nickname what? Hallway. Did you I even know I was called that? No. How do you think I got that? I'm afraid to ask. Oh, you were there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Are you really confused? Yes. When you caught me and the boy in the hallway having sex for my first, second time ever? Oh, I thought you were talking about in school for some, you said in school, hallway. Okay, so that was oh, your nickname. Oh, oh, you thought I was having sex in, in the hallway? In school. <laughs> I wasn't, but I actually know a lot of people that were. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> so, uh, what was that experience like, Mom? Um, oh, wait, let's let's tell the ex- let's tell it first. So, I had this boyfriend. I was 15, which now seems very young. <laughs> 15 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> we're counting all the hours, all the days. And I thought I was really old and mature and ready to have sex, which I kind of was. It wasn't a bad experience. Well, except for you, being part of the experience was a bad experience. But I, think, I didn't think it felt for me. Yeah. Third time ever having sex. Um, my boyfriend was at our house, and you guys were upstairs sleeping, and yeah. we were supposed to be on the couch. And I thought you were sleeping, and so we went into this little hallway yeah. around the corner, and you went downstairs to turn off the lights or whatever because you thought he had left, and then you found us having sex. Yep. And how was that, Mom? <laughs> that was probably not one of your finest moments. <laughs> Any of our finest His moments. I um, just remember being like, Mom! It's a shock because you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You, I just remember telling him to put his pants on and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even know I was having sex at that point? Or is that how you found out? No, I knew that you were having sex at that point because I tricked you into telling me. I did? Yes. How? Well, a couple nights before, you guys were on the couch. Yep. And And you came downstairs. No, I didn't come downstairs. Oh. And I said something to you the next day about, oh, so you guys are doing it on the couch, huh? And you said, yeah. And I went, oh, shit. (laughs) That wasn't the... I said yes? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that wasn't actually the answer I was... You, you just were for, I was, thinking I was, you were yes, fishing, but you were hoping fishing. it was going to be no. Yes, I was fishing, and I was hoping <laughs> I wasn't going to catch anything. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had already known um, oh, a couple okay. days prior, but I didn't expect to catch you in the act, in the hallway. In the hallway. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, now, do you remember the conversation that I had with you and the boyfriend three or four days later? Mm, I don't remember. Um, we were going to one of Colin's baseball games. I made him go to a Colin's baseball game? Yes. Sounds like so something I would I do. Know. And he showed up and... I think I remember him being like, I don't want to go back over there. I don't yeah. want to go over there. Yeah. And apologized and I said, well, if you guys are going to do adult things, you need to have adult conversations. What's going to happen if <laughs> Taylor gets pregnant? Oh, shit. I don't remember this at all. I do. And you guys were like, I don't know. We haven't talked about it. I'm like, well, if you're going to do adult things, you have to have adult conversations. I suggest you do. Um, and did we talk about it? I don't know if you guys did or not. Hmm. I think, I think we did, actually. I can't remember, though. It was so long ago. I know. It's... But I think we did. I don't remember. I think he was just shocked that you asked that question. And so, well, I was less shocked because I know you, <laughs> but he was probably just so shocked. 
we we were so dumb. We got caught by so many people. Do you remember? Did, did I ever tell you the story when we got caught by a police officer? No. You didn't hear this. No. Dude, I did weird shit with that fool. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I remember us having sex in the back of a car in, like, across the street from, like, that park. Uh, whatever that park is. Whatever. In a park. And I remember having a tampon in, and I'm like, shit. So we rolled down the window, and I took out my tampon, and I put it out the window. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> It's so nasty. And then his dad caught us one time. Yeah, but it's different having catching your son. Yeah, which it shouldn't be, but it shouldn't be, but it is. is. You know, it's you catch your son doing it. You're it's a proud moment. You catch your daughter, (laughs) your daughter doing it. It's a proud moment. (laughs) Catch your daughter doing it, and you're just like freaked out for life. So true, true, true. Well, anyways, we were. This was after we were broken up. It was like eight months or something after we were broken up, and I didn't want you guys to know that I was talking to him. I didn't want anyone to know, and I don't think he did either. And we went to the top of the world in his little car I'm trying to <laughs> people people will know who it is anyways if they know us but I don't want to say his name but um and a police officer rolled up and I remember he was we were older I think he was 18 and I was 16 because I remember that we were we were like fuck because he's overage and I'm not yeah and we were butt ass naked in the back of his little two-door car and the cop knocked on the window and we were like, fuck, 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 with shined his lights and I was like shit I'm naked I'm naked I'm like dude get out there like you handle this I am not doing this and then and I was like what if he asked for our ID what if he asked for our ID I'm like oh shit oh shit I'm like I'm gonna say I don't have mine but then he's right there so he's like putting on his clothes and then he's like what are you guys doing out here and if we're just like uh I don't know I don't remember what he said and then he's like where do you guys live and we're like Livermore and then he was just like all right, well, it's not safe for you guys to be up here, so I'm not going to call your parents, but I don't want this to happen again. And we were like, yes, sir. <laughs> and then we went back, and he never asked for our ID, and I was like, dude, you almost got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that incident. Gosh, no, I didn't know about that. I don't know. Collins had some winners, too, dude. Okay, maybe not as bad as me. <laughs> Well, I know he, he almost got caught at somebody's house and had to hide in the closet for a while. Oh, he did. Yes, do you remember? He broke that, into that person's house, right? No. What? He was at a girlfriend's house and her dad, they were there after school and her oh, dad. Oh, this is a different story. Her dad came home and he had to hide in the closet until dad left to go go do something and then he ran out. Seriously? Yeah. I know, I know it is. Yeah. Oh my god. No, he's had to do that before too in a different house. Oh great. That's the one I thought you were talking no, about. No, I don't know about that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, what about uh, the kitty porn situation when he almost got arrested for having that nude on his phone? Do we talk about that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? Well, does he want to talk, us to talk about that? I don't know. It wasn't like he was involved. Well, but it ended up on his phone. Basically, a girl sent a nude to one of his friends or something, and they sent it in the group message. Shocker, just so everyone knows, all girls still do that these days. Um, and it ended up on his phone, and then the... Because it was in a group chat. He got caught. And then he got caught, and he had to get his phone confiscated. Yes. 
and I remember they called me from school mm. telling me that they had confiscated his phone and that um, that he had shared some pictures or whatever um, with somebody. So anyway, I got the story from him, which I'm hoping is the true story. <laughs> <laughs> but I did talk to the counselor, too. So you the did? Yes. Oh, yeah. I got right on the phone with the counselor. She told me um, the same story that he had told me later. So um, That it was just the group message? It's, yeah. It was well, I think people messaging. need to be careful because even if, still to this day, too, even if you are a minor and you send a nude, it's still like kitty porn. porn. It's right. still child pornography, yeah. even if a minor is looking at it. And I think people, kids don't realize that. No, don't. And kids also are so comfortable sending nudes because they're so in love with their boyfriend and they don't think anything's ever going to happen. And then they break up or they're just being fucking idiots because they're teens and they don't know anything. And then they fucking send them to their friends and they go viral. Yep. So my advice is if you are okay with it getting on the internet, then great, send it. But if you're not, then probably don't. Yeah, I wouldn't think it's a good I've idea. actually never sent a nude, Mom. Did you know that? That actually surprises me. It surprises me, too. <laughs> <laughs> it really does surprise me. I think I feel, like, out of control. Yeah, and because I've been, you can't control it and where I've it's going to go. Like, if I want a fucking bomb-ass nude of me out there, I will fucking upload that shit to the internet myself. Right. And there's so many other ways, like, I'm also not, like, the girl, I wouldn't send it to a random anyways, because, for obvious reasons, but if it's, like, a boyfriend or something, like, even in, in like, year-long relationships, I'm like, if you want to jack off, go, go watch some fucking pornography, I don't give a shit. Yeah. But I was like, go look at a picture of your ex's nudes, I do not care, <laughs> I literally do not care, but you can see me naked whenever you pretty much want, except for on your phone. That's right. <laughs> whenever you want, I, like... I think it would be different if I was like, you can't look at pictures of anyone. Then it's like, okay, well, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. But if I literally do not care, I'm like, whatever, go do whatever you want. Just if I want my nudes out there, I'll do it myself. <laughs> Gee, what a surprise. <laughs> All right. So one last question um, from Coley. Do you want to answer this question? Sure. Okay. Um, Mom is a recovering alcoholic of how many years? You just celebrated your anniversary. 33 years, Mom. And Cooley's question was, well, how long were you an alcoholic for? Um, I practiced probably <laughs> for <laughs> 12, 14 years. Okay. And then what was your, like, what did she ask? Um, what was the point you knew you needed or slash wanted to get sober? Um, so I was out one night. Um, luckily, I was at a bar that I used to work at because I cocktailed and, and bartended. And I knew the bartender. Mm -hmm. And I was there and I was drinking and drinking. And the last thing I remember about that night is standing at the bar drinking B-52 shots. <laughs> Wait, uh, B-52? Yes. Do you know what that is now? B-52 is like what we say in psych when we do like a huge antipsychotic IM injection. Oh, really? The fact that that was a drink yes. is so funny. Okay, yeah. anyways. So um, I was doing shots of those and I was just, we, it was on a Thursday night and we went in for happy hour and anyway, most of everybody else had left and I guess they left me there because I wasn't ready to go home. And um, so I wake up the next, my roommate wakes me up the next morning and asks me if I'm going to work. 
And I'm like, of course I'm going to work. And she said, well, your car is out front. I said, of course my car's out front. She goes, no, you didn't drive home last night. I go, what do you mean I didn't drive home? She goes, you were so drunk at the bar that the bartender had asked um, a, a friend of his, a female friend of his, to drive you home. Mm-hmm. And so she drove you home. Like in your car or something? Yeah, in my car, and somebody followed in her car. Oh, yeah. So, And I guess she parked in the driveway, I opened the door, fell out of the door, skinned my knees, threw up, and looked at her and said, I had so much fun tonight, we should do this again. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever met her, okay? Um, went to bed, and so got up, came to the next morning, and, and so my roommate was telling me that Did you black this, out? Like you I had no recollection. Yeah, yeah. I remember standing at the bar, and then nothing. I woke up, then nothing. Yeah. And that's the first time it's ever been that true of a blackout. I had drank to the extent that, you know, I had blackouts, but you would say, oh, do you remember this? And then you go, oh, shit, that's right. I did do that, huh? But this is a total blackout. I don't remember anything. See, I can drink like two drinks and brown out and not really remember anything. Yeah. It's just how people are processing alcohol. Yeah. But, so, um, so I decided then I was so physically ill, um, and it took me like two weeks to recover to recover from it so i'm sure i had alcohol poisoning except they didn't have alcohol poisoning back then yeah you probably should have been to the hospital and gotten fluids and stuff and um one of the women that i worked with two of the women that i worked with um were heavy drinkers too and although i had not drank for a couple weeks they about two weeks after that they um started going to aa and they got sober and so they got me going to aa and that was it. I just, I think I scared myself so bad. It's like your rock bottom. That, yeah, that I would have, had I driven, I could have killed somebody. For sure. You know, yeah. um, and thank God I was at a bar where I knew people because if not, yeah. somebody would have let me drive. Or taken advantage of you. At that point, nobody took advantage of people. That's not true. Well, I think it was just not aware. Like, there was no awareness this, like there okay. is today. Yeah. Like, um, at the time, you weren't thinking that, but no. now, looking back, I'm like, shit, Mom. Yeah. You could have easily been taken away. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, that but was just your rock bottom? That was my rock bottom, and it was like, okay, I'm done. I was so physically ill and mentally ill from, you know, Well, and it had been, what, 12, 14 years. Right. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, we need time. to get this shit together. So, then you yeah. started going to AA. I started going to AA, um, and I did that for a while. Um, it wasn't, you know, my friends were going morning, noon, and night, and I would go once a day, mm-hmm. and then it just, um, it got, you know, the process got easier and easier for me. I haven't been to a meeting now in, I don't know, how many years? Yeah. But, um, but I'm one of those people that that's, I don't, not that I don't need to go to a meeting, it, that's not an important part of my recovery. Some people have to go to meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just not one of those people. Yeah. Well, and it's been so long that it's... Like, uh, it doesn't matter how long it's really? been. Right. Some yeah. people still... Some people will go for the rest of their lives. Do you have urges to drink? No, not really. Every time we get a drink or go to wine tasting, Mom just like, let me smell it. <laughs> I just want to smell it. I want to see what it smells like. Usually yeah. the wine smells terrible. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have a desire to, to drink. Mm. Um, I'll... Sometimes I have that desire that to escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you know, sure. to escape. But that's when I usually sleep. So that's how I handle stress: is I sleep. Sleep. 
Yeah, me too. To handle stress. Because I can't calm down any other way, so I'm yeah. like, well, here we go, 17 hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't sleep like that. Yeah. <laughs> Recharge. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's good. Um, is there any other stories we're going to talk about about sex things? Not that... I don't remember. Like I said, it's just something we've just always talked, I've always talked to you two about. Um, yeah. It's never, we didn't sit down and say, okay, this is a sex talk. You know, I remember my well, That dad, makes it awkward. I remember my dad sitting down at Sunday dinner, and it was the, the four of us, my dad, my mom, my brother, and I. And I think my brother was in high school, and he's three years younger than I am. And I remember him sitting us down at dinner and saying, okay, if either one of you are having sex, you need to use condoms. That was our talk. That was it? <laughs> yeah. Did you have sex ed in school back then? Uh, they told us about our periods. Yeah. Yeah. After no. everyone already has After, sex periods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. You know. Um, that's all that they... There was really... Oh, I remember sex. even when I got my period, I was like in eighth grade or something, or mm -hmm. the end of eighth grade. I remember it was gradu eighth grade graduation, because I had been going to the dance with Max. I think I can say, yeah, because yeah. me and Max either, just whatever. And I remember thinking... Oh my god, what if my tampon falls out? And people were like, you were wearing tampons? I remember I got my period when I was supposed to meet Max. Yeah, he was my little boyfriend in 8th grade. Shout out, Max. And then we were going to go meet at the park, because our houses, there was a park in between our houses. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mom, I got my period. I need you to give me some tampons. And you, were, or you asked me if I wanted pads or something. And I was like, no, I'm not wearing a pad. I remember. I was totally I shocked. You put that up there like it belonged. And I was like, I have a date to get through. I can't fucking have this clogging up me. I was amazed. You just went straight to the tampons. There was no I know, no one ever does that. No. Nope. I was just like, I am not about to have a pad butt. I thought it was going to give me like a diaper butt. <laughs> and so I, maybe it was a good thing because I was like, mm -mm, not for me. That is not yep. happening. You went straight to him. Yeah, pretty much. I remember that. Well, I have one entertaining story I'd like to tell about Taylor. Oh, gosh. So Taylor was in sixth grade and she was in the hospital because she had a back injury. Oh. And she was at Children's. Yeah, shout and, out Children's. Yep, shout out Children's. And I was trying to work in the mornings and then go about 11.30 and I would oh, leave in those Oh, this is a theater. good embarrassing story. Someone asked all this on Instagram. And so <laughs> the first time, because I was with her there for like the first week and then we figured out that she wasn't doing as well as she should be because I was there. And so I was, um, her dad would spend the night with her, or Aunt Debbie would spend the night with you, and then I would go about 11.30 in the morning, because you didn't want to do PT, and, and so they were hoping without me being there that we would do that, be, still do that for yeah, kids. <laughs> you would be a little bit more cooperative, which you weren't. Anyway, um, <laughs> 11.30, I get a phone call, and it's you, and Mom, when are you going to come over? I said, well, I'm just finishing up work. I'll be there soon. Well, I need you here like right now, and I'm like, why, what's the matter? I just need you here. I said, Taylor, what's the matter? You have, you know, Aunt Debbie's there. You have, nurses. you have nurses, you have everything. What's the matter? I have to poop, and I'm not gonna let anybody <laughs> wipe my butt except for you. I'm like. And I have been constipated because I wouldn't <laughs> let anyone wipe my butt. I'm like, great, I'll be there pretty soon. So you held it until I got there because you were in a bedpan. Yep. And so three or four more times, 11.30, I get the phone call, Mom, you're on your way, I gotta poop. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you just let somebody else wipe your butt. Nope, nobody's wiping my butt but you. <laughs> so we did this for about a week's worth of- Until um, I could go to the bathroom? Until you could, yeah. I don't it. think I ever I don't think anywhere. you did, no. 
I don't think you ever got up to go to the bathroom. I Do couldn't walk. Yeah, you couldn't walk. So, um, yeah, so you were waiting for your mommy to come and wipe your ass. Yep. I wouldn't even let the nurse that was trying to put a Foley in me. Mm-hmm. I was clenched the entire time. I was like, mm-mm, this shit is not going in me. Yeah. Because I was going under anesthesia, and they were yeah. like, we need, so I think they ended up putting me out first and then putting a Foley in me yeah. because I was, like, clenching. I was like, mm-mm. Yeah. Not me. You were not a good patient. <laughs> I wasn't at all. Yeah, not a good patient. Um, wait, the last question was, has Taylor always been like this? Um, Taylor, I had to have a C-section to <laughs> deliver Taylor because she was breech. So she has been a pain ever since she was in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> and you always said I was always naked. And she was always naked. She would come in the back door and it's 20 steps to from the garage to the back door. And she was stripped down to her shoes by that time and out in the backyard. I have pictures of her watering in her cowboy boots and nothing else. And just naked as shit. She was just always naked. Um, <laughs> she was always knew her own mind. She I wouldn't even let you dress me was a difficult child so now that I look back. Um, we had one argument because she didn't want to go to school and this is when we were in the first house so you must have been in first grade. Yeah. She didn't want to go to school and I remember rolling around on the ground with her trying to get her out the door and I finally pinned her and I'm sitting on top of her and I'm yelling at her, yelling by the way, at her, I'm the adult in this household. You will do what I say. Oh, well, then that worked out for And you. then thinking, okay, I'm the adult and I got my child pinned to the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it didn't work out very well. So what we did do, though, is to make it so she wanted to go to school is we went and got the bunny. So you could take the bunny to school. So you wanted to share the bunny with everybody. So the bunny went to school with you every day, and we didn't have that problem anymore. That's so weird. Yes. Why did I not want to go to school? I don't know. You didn't want to walk up the little hill from the car. <laughs> I'm serious. From I was the lazy as shit for yes. that on out. Yeah. You didn't want, and it was just a little hill. So I don't know if somebody was bullying you. I don't remember that. I don't um, remember being bullied. You were bullied in, at Apollo. I remember Apollo. Yeah, but I don't remember, any, you just did not want to, I don't want to walk up the hill. And it was not that big of a hill. No, it was not a big hill. But as soon as you got the bunny and you could take the bunny to school every day, you were fine. And then I would walk the bunny in the cage up the hill. Up the hill, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then you were fine. But you've always known your mind. You've always been your own person. Um, I, from a young age, I have drilled it into yep. your head that you have to be able to take care of yourself financially mm -hmm. um, and emotionally and not oh, shit. rely on a man to do that for you. Um, yep. Because I wanted you to be independent and not have to put up with... Um, any BS that you didn't want to put up with, and, and this is, and, and, and now you're like, are you sure you want to get your PhD? That's a lot. I'm like, mom, you bred me like this, I, no, man. I this is your fault. Great, this is my fault. Um, that's okay. I'll take responsibility for, for it being my fault. So, um, yeah, so that's life with Taylor. Life with Taylor. It's life always, with Cindy. It's always ever-changing. It's always exciting. You never know what you're going to get. That's very true. <laughs> Well, thanks, Mom, for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Goodbye. I need to get to work. Okay. Bye. It could just be enough.